0: hey everyone welcome to the latest episode of happiness in humans my name is matt phelan i'm your host today i'm a co-founder of a business called the happiness index and i am here with the amazing alex ayon how are you alex very well thanks matt thanks very much for having me alex this is audio what's that who's is that i can only see half behind you i can only see half of a, rug, of yeah. a rugby style, but oh, i was going to try i was going to guess if it was like me. that's what i wanted to do. So <laughs> is, that, is that like going through there yeah, that's
1: that's Jonah in the nineteen ninety five World Cup. Yeah. Is that
0: is that is that significant to you? Is that um is that important?
1: he was he was an idol growing up, as I'm sure you as a as a fellow rugby man uh, can appreciate what he did for the sport. So yeah, he, he was a big idol for me. Him and the one on you can see on the other side is Kobe Bryant. So those two, uh, alongside a couple of others, were as a, as a sports uh someone really developed like interested in sport and played a lot of sport when i was younger they were like two of my biggest idols and our son's actually now called kobe, oh, uh,
0: kobe right. Right. So, yeah. have you um have you read 11 by uh, phil jackson yeah 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 it, it's unbelievable for anyone reading that just wants to understand the culture behind a team i just recommend to go and read it. it's just a, what's your what was your one takeaway from that book alex just his his ability
1: to take things that aren't related to the sport and apply them in the dressing room and yeah. you know because he's very philosophical he, he didn't think like the majority of people that are sports coaches so he took a lot of inspiration from different areas and topics and fields and applied it to sports which i thought was great and a, and a one that i recommend as well outside of that is legacy if anyone's
0: oh, uh, right. who, who is that what is that gray learning from it. that's
1: that, that's all about the principles from the all blacks so right. it goes through some of the stories and how they've built that dynasty over a period of time and some of the principles that each of the individuals and the teams withhold to maintain elite performance essentially over
0: many years the if you watched the um we'll get into the questions at some point alex but this is <laughs> yeah have you watched the the all blacks amazon documentary Yeah, yeah 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 really good the thing that I that, took away from that is they're obviously the like statistically they're the best team of all time, aren't they? In terms of their win rate. Yeah. The, the thing that I noticed from watching that is that if you're on the outside of sports, you imagine these like the best the best teams would have like these people who make these big massive speeches, and it's like the film 300 and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the thing that I took away from that documentary is they just have this sort of inner burning desire and and togetherness to win. And there's no yeah. big speeches, there's no big egos. They're just they have this comfortable confidence. It's not even a narrative, it's a comfortable confidence that they've got to go out there and do their job. Did you did you pick that up, Alex, at all? Or yeah. Yeah, that that's a massive
1: one, isn't it? And and then also the consistency to to do it game after game. I think if you look at some of the, the teams that have won the most and are the most successful, that is like a key attribute is that ability to consistently perform and not not go too high after you've won and then not dip too low after you've after you've lost and just maintain over a, an elongated period of time.
0: Alex who are you tell everyone who you are we've got this far without. Um, got you.
1: <laughs> yeah so I am the marketing director at a great company called Wiser and so we are a mixture between creative and recruitment we were born out of all of the co-founders, and actually myself, I experienced exactly the same thing that they went through, leaving university, going into graduate schemes, as that's what you meant to do, right? You go through school, you try to get in a good uni, uni, you do a good degree, straight into a graduate scheme, got two years in, and it was so far away from the ideals of what I thought work, work was going to be. And all the co-founders were exactly the same when they when they experienced it about seven, seven eight years ago. Um, and it actually turns out we weren't, we, it was the norm, but just people didn't talk about it. So 30% of graduates now go into careers that are mismatched to them. And then if you look at the wider workspace, 50% of, of British workers um, feel burnt out. Uh, 83% of people disengaged with their jobs. And, I was, and that's exactly why the business was set up to change that, to change the way people um, felt about work. And change the way people thought about work, um, and we do that by transforming how the companies attract the right talent, and then from an internal perspective, how do they build that employer brand and culture, and really develop what makes them great as a workplace and attract the right people for the right role.
0: Alex, just to re- rewind, there did you yeah. say people don't talk about it?
1: As, well, it? From an that was more from a from an early careers standpoint. So I would say within my friendship group, it's. When this was back in 2011 when we graduated 2011 2012, you everyone goes for the graduate scheme so my one was Virgin media and even though the graduate scheme and the people were, were great on that course, the what I expected work to be like in terms of what I've now researched and from speaking to you briefly as well in terms of the autonomy, the competence, the connectedness, all these things all these con- factors that make you happy at work development, um, yeah. there were some of those that were like fundamentally missing but because you've 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 achieved this you've got onto a graduate scheme and everyone else around you is like it sees that as success at like your parents your family your friends yeah it's very difficult then to go well actually I'm not really enjoying this like yeah. is this what I'm gonna have to now do for the rest of my 50 60 years and oh, then really. just live for the for the weekend or any of the time outside of work and I was thinking that that just can't be yeah, the the world, but it's very real reality for a lot of people, and and that's what inspired me to join Wiser, and it's why the guys started the business in the first place was to try, like to try and actively play a part in changing that. It's
0: like a form of like, yeah, I I totally remember that, isn't there? There's like, and there's a link to mental health and happiness and everything there, isn't there? Because you've got this kind of like what you're supposed to be happy with. And rationally, it's making you happy, but on an emotional level, you're not. You're you're just not, and you you don't feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, and there's um
1: my my career's been in the consumer marketing world or media world, and it's never been in the employer brand world. I never even thought it was a thing, really, and it, yeah. it's not really been a thing until until recently. So I would say probably like the last four years, and actually applying the human psychology marketing techniques from the consumer world to actually help more people get into the right job for them the, yeah. the knock on impact of that i think just could be huge not just for the business and the, the company's performance but for the for the wider world so like, imagine that person who's hating their job and then going home to their their family i can't imagine they would, like i definitely back then wasn't the best person to be around and if i had kids back then the impact on the kids and what they think about what work's going to be like when they get older
0: this is so it's so interesting and we're not even we have not even got to the first question yet, but I've got another question I need to ask you on that. Because yeah. I was on a panel the other day and in the research was talking about the importance of purpose on 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 happiness, right? And the, yeah. one of the other people on the panel turns to me and says, Look, Matt, but not everyone can have purpose in life. But like, the only one they were saying, look, most people just have to turn up, do their job. What what it's not realistic for people to have purpose in their role. Are you is that where do you disagree with that then Alex? Do, do you think that that you can find a role that gives you purpose? I
1: think it comes down to your approach mentally to to any company or role. So I think if you're at the very bottom of a company, it doesn't and, and you might see you might see I, I, what my actual physical role is doing isn't helping the company's purpose. But if you think in that way, like Apple have, have done that great, people think that they're, they're changing the way this whole industry is operating. Whether yeah. you're one of the technicians, whether you're one of the salespeople when you go into one of the stores, the purpose is spread throughout the company. So I think yeah. it's just articulating it in a way that, any of, the, that. Yeah, any of the people can take it and turn it into their own thing and, and communicate that to the people that are close to them, their family, friends, anyone who asks them, and they get excited to then talk about work.
0: That that I just want to capture that point, Alex. That is really good practical advice for anyone listening, isn't it? Which is, as a company, you need to t- articulate your purpose so your employees feel like they they are connected to that. Would, would you agree? this yeah. Recap of what you've just said. Yeah, exactly. And they know exactly what's in it for them. So yeah. what,
1: are, what are the benefits, and and what does how does my job role and what I'm doing on a day to day practically connect to the company's objectives which connect to the company's mission which connects Go to the, the future vision of, w- of what we're trying to do here whether it be laying uh, railways whether it be connecting people from the telecoms industry whether it be um food like if you're creating a food product and you're feeding people or like at the minute e-commerce like you think about people can't buy things because of lockdown and the e-commerce industry and the supply chain has kept all that going like that is, if you think about it in that way, rather than I'm a warehouse worker, mm-hmm. but you're actually c- keeping the UK and, and wherever you are in the world's economy going and providing yeah. services and products that people won't be able to get otherwise. You, I think you can always find purpose and it's a perspective, I think. And if you can help people channel their perspective and think in a certain way, then you can help them hopefully be 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 slightly happier in, in
0: their role. I love that. Well, I wish you'd been on that panel because that was better than what I said. Um, <laughs> But that's, yeah, you're talking about the sort of the JFK moment, aren't you, where the, where JFK met the cleaner at the at the, the mission base or whatever it was, and he asked him what he did, and he said he was putting people on the moon um, because yeah. he was part of the team because he was making sure everything was clean. So I, I love that. Um, and, and JFK is one of the famous, like, really amazing communicators, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, question number one, <laughs> what makes you happy? What makes me happy? So I've got a, a little
1: boy. And uh, another one on the way. So family has always been one of my big, big, uh, a big driver for me, and everything that I do in terms of uh, providing for them and also making them happy and the experiences that we can have together. So I would yeah. say uh, the family, my wife, um, and then my other love uh, is sport. So uh, yeah. we talked about our rugby days beforehand, but anything rugby, football, golf, tennis—I just love. Yeah. I love the competition element of sport. So I can't wait to get back into the live arenas as we were talking about previously just experiencing that buzz again that's i
0: can't wait for that oh i love that um i know you've touched on this bit so far but but what is employer branding is it just a buzzword is it something that's here for the next few years what what can we get underneath the the nitty-gritty of what what employer branding is please Alex. of course we can yeah so employer
1: branding we're at a very, especially with what's happened now and the impact of COVID and lockdown on businesses and where people are gonna live, what lifestyles they're gonna expect, employer branding then becomes even more important to any business out there to be able to attract talent because that talent doesn't necessarily now have to be in any location. So you can now attract talent from anywhere in the world, especially with the remote, the remote norms now. Um, but how do you get those people connected to your mission, your purpose, your organization, your people, when you don't have the, I would probably call them materialistic things that usually drive happiness. So like mm. the table tennis table, the free food, all the things that are, are, are definitely big contributing factors, but they don't resonate with people's intrinsic motivators yeah. of why they get up and what makes them yeah. excited to, to come to work. And that's I think where- it's
0: important- Just on, the, on that, on the data, all those little funny things like that in our data—they never show up on what drives happiness. It's relationships, never. It's relationships, purpose, team, leadership, all the stuff that you described at the beginning. So uh, yeah. it, ba- it, it backs up. It backs up your point. Yeah,
1: and and, and that's and that's exactly why why the business is, is here and, and why we've been fortunate to do so well during COVID is brands want to know what makes them special. What, what's, what does a, the perfect candidate, whether it be in tech, marketing, commercial, how do they create video content, social media assets? How do they build a brand website where people land there and realize or feel like they belong to that organization and they're just compelled to, to go and work for that business and be successful yeah. in that business? And I suppose one of the most important things about employer branding and creating your employer value proposition is, is creating something that compels the few but repels the many
0: oh, i love that
1: yeah great yeah something that i heard recently i just thought that's so true because you don't want people that are just there for a paycheck or just there for company benefits you want the few people that really truly believe in what you're trying to achieve as a business and can come and join and hopefully you can either give them the opportunity and the the platform and the autonomy to take help help take your business to that level as well
0: I love that, Alex. If I ever interview anyone, I always start with "these are the worst things about working in the company," because <laughs> I, I want to put them off straight away. Because you just yeah. want—I want them to know all this stuff. Because if they're still connected at that point, then there's a there's there's more in it for them. It's like it's just like kind of a it's a transparency test, isn't it?
1: That's a great one, yeah, yeah. And and honestly, that's what people want in today's world. In today's world, where we're, we're still advertised to. And there's so much in the media that isn't true the level yeah. of trust of brands just in general consumer and employer brands isn't at an all-time high at all so if you can take off the hood and show people behind the the wall of that organization and almost have a glass box approach where people can see actually visually see into the into the company the people the projects in an authentic way not in a way where you're showing them this and you're producing a campaign just you're yeah. documenting what's going on through your yeah. people that is i think the future of, of of our space and what's going to help people attract the best talent
0: alex you I asked you what is employer branding right and you've i think you've covered that really well the next bit you've just actually started going to but why why is this important like there's of, everyone's these, got a lot of people listening. HR directors, CEOs, people just starting out in their career—they're really busy people. Why? Yeah. Um, wh- why is it important? Why should they bother to put this on the on the list? Why can't they just get a recruitment company and write it out the spec, get it out of there, job done? Long term, if you think about the, the cost of recruitment agencies, it's a
1: it's a costly investment, especially to get the right people. Whereas. And also sometimes there are ulterior motives, and I'm sure we know the odd recruitment agency out there that, that are trying to place people, not necessarily for the right reasons, because that's how their business model works, right? No fault of their own, that's how the business, that's how they get paid. Whereas if what we're doing is focusing on the company to make them attractive to the right people, rather than trying to sell the companies to somebody else that might not be invested or engaged. And so that's why I would say it's probably crucial it's going to save you a hell of a lot of money on your recruitment agency costs. From a legacy standpoint, there's a lot of legacy tactics out there. People still are using like job boards, um, ineffective use of paid spend. So if you build a strong employer brand, especially on social, you can build that organic community where people want to know when the latest job is and want to apply to you rather than the other way around. You trying to get them to apply. So yeah, and actually, also the, the what probably one of the biggest things right now is is the, tr- the transformation some of the more traditional companies are having to make into the digital world. And because they've had a legacy brand, they struggle to position themselves to tech talent or whatever the, the new skill set is that is desired. So if you if you imagine the impact of that, if they can't attract strong tech talent, say, and they're losing to Google, Facebook, TikTok, yeah. then, then you're not getting the best people in to enable you to compete and then as a business perform over the long-term. So it's actually crucial, I think, to to a lot of p- businesses' long-term objectives. People drive the, the company still into that. When we've been over 20, 30 years until a lot of this is automated, and you yeah. know, e- Elon Musk we're putting chips in people's minds, that is a, still a long way off. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the performance is down to how good your people are, how motivated those people are once they're in, and how together and uh, included and, and the
0: sense of belonging that they feel to that organization. And personally, Alex, I don't think that's going to change. I mean, I work in technology um, and I think technology is an amazing thing, but technology is there to connect and enable. It's not to replace humans. But that is a podcast for another day. Uh, two, yeah. two super quick questions. Do you like Marmites? Yes or no? I'm not a Marmite fan, you know. So I'm this Marmite leads to, not a Marmite fan, that is totally acceptable. This leads into the next question. <laughs> Do you like Glassdoor? Yes or no?
1: I think Glassdoor is good. Is is a good platform. Um, not perfect, like no platform I don't think out there's perfect, but it gives you a good steer on people's opinions of an organization. Yeah. And like I was saying before about that Glassdoor approach, being able to for people to voice their their thoughts on a business, I think is a is good. In from on the flip side, when I was saying it's not perfect, is if you have a positive experience with a company, the chances that your post on Glassdoor I don't think are the same as if you had a negative experience. So yeah. I think you're just as the way that psychology works and the humans work, if you had a positive experience, would you spend your time doing that? Whereas yeah. if you're, you know, a bit annoyed, your boss has been you know not great to you, you might think, right, I'll show them and go and do yeah. a post. So I don't think sometimes it's the most accurate, but at least it gives you some kind of stir
0: Yeah. And that's why I put it in the Mamite terms, because a lot of people like it and don't my my only thoughts on it is you can't ignore it because it's part of your brand because if someone googles your brand and there's a yeah. hundred people saying don't come and work here it's going to impact your decision yeah yeah exactly and um, you gave me on the on the prequel actually you gave me an example of um someone driving around europe in a in a Fiat 500 or something what was that Yeah. yeah. That was a really powerful um story
1: yes yeah, so, so that's the kind of project that we do so we'll go into an organization such as, um, actually, I'll, I'll leave them anonymous, but they are one of the biggest tech platforms uh, in the world. And it, the feedback that we got from their employees was that there was a disconnect between the leadership and especially the CEO from the people on the ground.
0: And, and it was is, only... That is huge feedback to get, isn't it, in a global Huge feedback. Yeah, exactly. Between the CEO and the people on the ground. Yeah, so we and we did a global survey with focus groups
1: um, across different territories. And, and that was one of the, thing, the things that was consistent. And it was b- consistent because he had such a strong relationship prior. And just as the business had grown, that's obviously alienated. So we took that research and turned it into a creative campaign where he's a big guy, right? Six foot five, I saw with four, six foot five, six foot six. And yeah. we put him in a Fiat 500. And we had a, a cameraman in the back, GoPro in the front, a drone over the top and and he traveled to each european city and picked up one of the employees from that city uh, and they could ask him any question they wanted he could speak to them to try and find out what was going on in each location and it was just a great piece really funny piece authentic piece where he it felt like he really cared and, and was putting himself out there on you know like a a week campaign just to go and find out what the people were thinking what we didn't realize was that, you know, when you see James Corden over in America, yeah. <laughs> he's he's pulled behind a, you know, so he didn't have to concentrate on the driving. Whereas, yeah. you know, we, we didn't realize that. So you, you can see some of the employees are, are holding on for dear life as <laughs> he's trying to interview them and speak to them whilst, whilst getting filmed. Oh but it was God. a great piece. And as a byproduct with that, the his then Glassdoor rating on the CEO rating improved so yeah. there's definitely things and creative ways where you can reconnect with your employees and, and then yeah. pro- produce a great, great piece of content that shows
0: that too. Yeah, well, it's very, um, I mean, it humanizes the, the CEO, doesn't it? To see them in, a, in, a, in an environment that's not a boardroom or wearing a suit, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, great example. Um, last question for our listeners. Is personal brand important for your career? 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah, so if if you want to in today's world especially where are seeing a social media evolution like we've never seen before the ability to build and create a, a voice and to not just build build your personal brand but actually learn from other people we were talking about that beforehand in terms of the podcast and the insights people perspectives that you wouldn't necessarily get in your echo chamber. Yeah. In your like in your day-to-day or the company or your family or friends, d- building a personal brand allows you to be exposed to and speak to and hear from people that aren't within your closed net group, which I think is only a good thing, right? So mm-hmm. if you're having new thoughts, new perspectives on the world, on business, on any topic, that is only going to elevate you as an individual. And as a byproduct, if your thoughts and opinions and brand and personal brand is aligned to your industry, whether that be in technology, in HR, um, you are then more attractive for a company because they see you then as also an asset which can help drive whatever the the mission is forward because you, people care about what you think. right? They care about your thoughts. Um, so I think, it, yeah, it's definitely a, something that can't be ignored in, in 2021.
0: Well, Alex, our time is up and I've learned so much. Um, Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to go through those questions with our listeners. I think there's going to be so many people who have learned a lot as as I have, Alex. So just wanted to finish by saying thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Matt. I really enjoyed that.
1: Let's do it again.